0: Hey, my name is Vanessa, and welcome to my podcast, A Journey with Vanessa Chu. This is a show where I talk about shifting your mindset for better emotional health, and it's where I share my personal stories and what I'm learning on my entrepreneurial journey, including the struggles and challenges I face. I would appreciate a click on the follow and subscribe button if you haven't done that yet. I'm very excited to bring you another interview with another amazing woman. Her name is Rebecca Wiener McGregor. She's a transformational hypnotist and money mindset coach. And in this episode, we talk about fear and how we can use fear to our advantage. We also discuss why suffering feels safe. And I happen to open up about past relationship heartbreaks and I discovered some really awesome learning moments from those times in my conversation with Rebecca, and I hope you enjoy listening to our chat. This episode contains some language that may be offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Rebecca. I'm so happy to have you on my show, and thank you so much for chatting with me.
1: Thank you, Vanessa. I'm so glad to be here with you and your radiant smile.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm stoked to have you here because, as you know, when we were um, going back and forth by email to figure out a time to talk, I was like, oh, I really love what you do and that your focus is on fear and how we can use that to our advantage rather than being scared and anxious about everything. Um, yeah. All of what you do is so aligned with what I'm currently working on. In my own life and what i've been working on you know for a little while now and i was actually just telling one of my girlfriends the other day that i'm really tired of living my life in fear and anxiety and i don't want to do that anymore (laughs) i did want to bring up uh, this first question like what drew you to this work and your focus on fear and Mm. befriending
1: fear instead of fearing fear (laughs) Right. Because I used to have a fear of the fear Yeah, that was, I feel like that's like how I can um, describe social anxiety the most. Mm. Like I used to have a fear that I would be afraid or that I would panic when I would go out and try to meet my friends or that I would get out somewhere and I would get lost because I would get confused because I was afraid. So the fear of the fear was my mo and then i would be mad at the fear because i fell victim to it and it was ruining my life and i wasn't meeting people and i wasn't having any fun and blah 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 the whole thing right and it was really a complete i would say part of a spiritual awakening in me that i get to be responsible for my energy i get to be responsible for how i feel I get to be responsible for what I'm aware of and what I act on in my life. And there's a, there's a quote that I, by Dr. Wayne Dyer, who I love so much is probably he's top of the heap of my favorite teachers. And he always said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yes. And when we look at fear through angry, judgmental, fear-based eyes, Mm -hmm. then there's no lesson in it. There's only pain. Mm -hmm. Then there's only stuckness. There's only guilt and shame and self-doubt and all of that. But when we shift our perspective ever so slightly, and we notice the feeling rather than reacting to it, Mm -hmm. then we can ask it to start telling us things. And it's not like, Hey, Vanessa, it's fear. How are you doing? Let me tell you some stuff. It is what am I noticing in this situation when I'm feeling fear that I might be limiting myself in some way because of this fear? Yes. And if I look at it in a different way and I do not judge myself for having the fear and I love myself the way I need to be loved in this moment Mm -hmm. and I give myself love and say, speak to myself in a loving way as well, that, we can move through this moment and get to the next one together. Mm-hmm. And that sounds wildly almost crazy, doesn't it? Like holding fear's hand and saying we're yeah. gonna get to the get to the <laughs> next level together. It sounds insane. Because we're on a hamster wheel, we're on our treadmill every single day, running through life most most of the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Until we start to have these awakenings that we can slow down our thoughts and that we can be in awareness that so we can be paying attention and we can partner with that fear to say, hey, you're bumping up against a limit that you have. I'm doing you a favor mm-hmm. telling you that you're afraid of this. Mm-hmm. So now you get to do the work, put in the effort. It's not always excruciating there's a little bit of effort and practice that needs to be taken yep. to move through this fear, this edge of your fear. So then you can move beyond it and find your next limit Yeah, and your next vision and, keep and your moving next forward. Vision. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the joy of life for me is moving through those limits and then the, expanding into the vision Yes, and, and doing it all over again
0: so much of what you just said sparked so many things in my head. <laughs> okay. I, <good. laughs> yeah. I just love, I love that. And I love, um, you know, just working on reframing our perspectives and our situations yes. because we so often find that the way we see things, if it's just in one way, like that's it. And yes. we're, yeah, and we're going to be stuck there, but I've been, <laughs> you know, learning that we have a choice to see things in a different way. We just don't take the time to sit down and be quiet and be still and sit with our thoughts and be like, Hey, is that really the only way to see things or can I um, spin things around and see it in a different perspective in a way that will help me move forward instead of just like sitting here in fear.
1: (laughs) Yes. And a piece of this, That is so key is that we want to be right about our beliefs.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So we have to be willing to be wrong Mm -hmm. about the things that we believe to be true. Mm -hmm. Don't, wouldn't it be great to be wrong about feeling unworthy? Wouldn't it be great (laughs) to be wrong about not trusting yourself? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be great to switch all of those? I have so many goosebumps right now. Wouldn't it be great to switch all of those thoughts? And those beliefs into, I do have the power. I can trust myself that whatever decision I make, I can move forward, take the action, and that I can trust myself to manage that outcome and make the next decision, take the next action, and so on.
0: Yeah. So you did mention um, earlier about us judging what we feel. So right. I think when I feel anxiety or fear about something, I tend to be very hard on myself sure. and I, we're our own worst critics. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've been, just been doing so much work around um, managing that inner voice and that harsh inner critic. Um, and I, I, I will judge myself sometimes, you know, and sure. my emotions like, Oh, I shouldn't be feeling that way. And like, what, like, why am I reacting this way in in this situation or whatever? Or I think I'm overreacting, Mm -hmm. but thinking that way makes it so tough to get out of that mindset. And like you said, it's, and then it's a hamster wheel in my head of those constant judgments of my own thoughts and behaviors and emotions and my reactions and my responses to things. So what happens when we attach a judgment to an emotion that we're feeling?
1: it's like pouring concrete on it. Mm. And it stays cemented. And then it's harder to move it, right? Because we want to be right. So when we place a judgment on something, we want to be right about that judgment. And then often when we're feeling feelings, we think, well, this is the only way it can be because this is what I'm feeling. You know, we used to hear this phrase a lot and maybe still do at times. I can't change my feelings. Mm-hmm. They're all a product of our beliefs. So when we release that judgment or practice, not judging at all, really being in the state of acknowledging the yes. feeling, the thought, the emotion, and then like almost like leaning back slightly and taking a little pause mm-hmm. and almost like all the emotions are like sitting around the table. Right. Mm -hmm. And you get to like lean back a little bit and observe what's happening at the table before you react. Yeah. And that's such a loving experience to be in because you're not telling any of your feelings that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. You're not making the situation right or wrong. It gets to be neutral, which is extremely powerful. And then you get to choose how to respond and what, action to take next. Yeah. If there is any, sometimes the action is inaction.
0: Yeah. I feel also that with my own emotions and being more aware of them. Um, and like you said, just kind of leaning back and observing Mm -hmm. rather than labeling them. Oh, that's good or bad or right or wrong. Because when we put a label on it, like that doesn't help us try to figure out why we are having that reaction in the first place, why are we were feeling those emotions in the first place in that certain situation. Right.
1: Exactly. The label is the is the tangible piece of the of the judgment. Right. Yeah. And, and you yeah. can, if you want, label everything pink cotton candy because the <laughs> label does not matter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so why do you feel that it's important for us not to judge ourselves and jump to conclusions and, and um, with, you know, our emotions and feeling fear and anxiety and all those, all those things.
1: Well, first of all, if you judge yourself, it's, it's really a lot harder to adjust and to heal when we're in observation, we can start to be in a deeper relationship with ourselves where we're noticing rather than, Oh, you're so, wrong for feeling this, or I thought you were smarter than this, you know, that kind of rhetoric that'll go on. Like, you've got everything figured out except for this. Like, what's wrong with you feeling this anxiety? Like, just flip the switch already. Those are all massive judgments, right? And so when we release those judgments, we can get to a place where it feels safe to talk about it, where it feels safe to get help if we need to where it feels safer to talk about it, where it feels safer to let the feeling be felt and let it move through your body. Because if you do not judge it and you allow yourself to feel the feeling, it will move on. Like all of our thoughts all day are like a little, you know, little tape running at the bottom of the screen. Like, you know, when, when you're going to, when I always think of this because I live in a climate In an area where it gets snowy, so we would always get we would get snow days if the snow was bad enough. So we'd all watch television, waiting for the little memo to say our school at the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah. And all the stuff that was around that my school, none of it mattered. Those were just like thoughts that were going through my head, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We only I only placed importance on my school, yes, because it was my school, yeah, and I wanted to know what was going on with it. But that's like all, we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day and they're all producing feelings. Holy smokes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, super overwhelming when you put it that way.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's happening whether or not you're overwhelmed. So you don't even have to be overwhelmed by it Yeah, because it's just happening. And there are so many thoughts each day, so many opinions that fly on past your radar that you don't attach to. That you get to choose not to attach to the fear ones. You get to notice them and learn mm-hmm. from them, but you don't have to attach to any of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So again, it's being aware that we have a choice. Right. Um, and questioning, are, are all of our thoughts true and are they, do we have to take them at face value? Probably not.
1: <laughs> right. Would we even have time
0: to yeah. take all of our yeah. thoughts? If you yeah. have that
1: many thoughts, would we even have time? Like, oh, <laughs> check that thought. I had it yeah. seven Oh one. And one second. I just, that was the thought, you know, I really need to dive into <laughs> yeah. that. Right. We ignore most of them. Yeah. We're just letting ourselves go through the day, having thoughts, having ideas, having moments of Of joy and gratitude and anger and frustration, Mm -hmm. and we don't have to attach to any of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I love how you straight up say fear is a motherfucker,
1: (laughs) but (laughs) yes,
0: but it's not the enemy, Right. right? And and I think if I think about you know when I was a little girl and my fears and anxieties about certain things and like social anxieties and certain situations. I don't think I would have ever thought, and even maybe like a year ago, even thought about befriending fear or um, thinking that it could help me in some way. And I I did mention earlier that I've been working on reframing situations and my thoughts and stuff and my perspectives with fear. I I think we might just think, oh, well, fear is bad and that's it. But you're saying, well, wait a minute, it's actually – Um, not bad. And
1: it's something that can help us. Um, Can you
0: dive into that a little bit?
1: At a very basic level, fear's only desire is to keep us alive. Mm. So because our brain does not care about our happiness, it only cares about our safety. Right. So the work of fear is to keep us alive and keep us safe. So if we're looking at it uh, from that perspective, that fear is just doing its best to keep us alive, then we can see that it's not like trying to destroy our lives by keeping us small. It's not trying to hurt us. Mm -hmm. It's not trying to um, keep us from connecting with other people. It's just simply trying to keep us safe. The The beginning of that, of acknowledging that and being okay with that, is then in situations that are beyond the keeping us alive because our brain really finds comfort in the same. Yes. And it loves, it loves keeping us in the same place, thinking the same thoughts, because anything beyond that is like this, this dark, empty, it's fear thinks it's a dark, empty place of the unknown, right? Yes, yes. And then our optimistic side gets to be like, this is the field of all potential. This unknown, anything could happen, not just the bad things. That's why our spirit wants to go there. That's why our spirit yeah. wants to be happy and expand. Yeah. So acknowledging that fear is like this super protective parent figure that wants to keep us safe. Yeah. So when we acknowledge that, and then we move into, hey, fear is trying to keep me from becoming intimate with this person, being connected with this person, because I don't think I know how to trust people mm. because trusting people in the past hurt me. Mm-hmm. And I don't wanna be hurt again. So I'm gonna stay in this level of discomfort, being disconnected from people, yeah, rather to step out in the field of potential slash unknown and start yes. trusting people because then they can hurt me. Yeah. That says, hey, it just gave me a clue that I need to work on my trust and my self-trust is at the core of that. Yeah, absolutely. So it it is a motherfucker, but it also tells us, it gives us a map of where we need to look at things and where we need to heal and where we get to expand our self-trust and look at things just a little bit differently.
0: Yeah. And this is why I feel it's so important for everyone, you know, not just coaches and um, leaders, it's just everyone needs to sit down and, and figure out like, again, where is that fear and anxiety coming from and how can I respond to it better better rather than reacting to it? Right. Um, and I, I've just found, you know, the inner work I've been doing so Beneficial. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just
1: like everybody needs to do it. (laughs) Oh, totally. Totally. I agree. And that's so funny, isn't it? When we start to work on ourselves and we have these mind expanding moments, we want to tell everybody, and they're like, no, we don't. Vanessa, I'm (laughs) fine just like I am.
0: But it's like, no, you think you're fine. (laughs) Right,
1: right. Life
0: could be so much more awesome if, like, everybody, right. you know, everybody did this shit and work and worked <laughs> exactly. through it as, as uncomfortable as it is. There's just, oh, I just would never go back to my old ways of thinking.
1: Right.
0: And, um, how, you know, that, that fear and stopping me from doing certain things. And um, you did, I thought of this one example, that's kind of silly, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Okay, When cool. You were talking about how Um, we like, we like things to be the same. We like sameness. We like that familiarity. Um, it's why we rewatch and binge shows like the office, which I'm not doing. Yeah, I'm totally doing that, (laughs) but it's that comfort (laughs) level, right? It's, it's, we know what's going to happen. We, there's no surprises. Um, we know how the story is going to go. So we're just going to like sit here in our, in our comfort zone and yeah. like you said, not expand, right? But if we're right. looking at that, not just with binging the same Netflix shows, but in life, that can just stop you from experiencing um, so much joy and happiness. And I don't, I, I don't, know. yeah, I just would never, I just would never go back to my old ways of thinking because I just, I feel like I can see um, so much more abundance as well when right. i am not stuck in that fear and not choosing to be stuck in that fear and choosing my comfort zone
1: yeah absolutely you know when you talked about rewatching the office you know exactly how you're going to feel in every episode yes yeah and there is that that comfort is like that even if you're going to feel like oh michael just figure it out once in your life <laughs> yeah. even that's what you're going to feel in that episode you know that's what you're going to feel and you will get comfortable with that level of discomfort. You'll get comfortable with Michael putting his foot in the door <laughs> grill because he wanted to have bacon when he woke up because he didn't have a butler. Like, yeah. you'll get comfortable with that level of, oh, frustration with that character because you know how it's gonna feel to you. And that, that comfort is more important. And that's the way fear is in our lives we get really comfortable with the level of discomfort that we have Mm. and that becomes our normal. Mm -hmm. So being really comfortable with that level of discomfort will often stop us from new levels of discomfort, stepping out of our safe zone or our comfort zone to put ourselves out there to speak in an event or um, ask that person out on a date Or say yes, when someone asks us or trust ourselves to start our new business or whatever the case may be, because there are so many questions around it. Yes. And we have to give up that level of our usual old way of comfort. And then the new way becomes comfortable. The thing is, we forget that the new way will become comfortable. Yeah. Right. Like riding a bike seemed like this big thing because we witnessed so many people falling off their bikes all the time and <laughs> their knees and their elbows. And we start to get comfortable with, okay, if I'm going to do this, I know I'm going to fall a little bit. I might scrape myself up and I'll be okay. And then I really learn how to ride a bike and I'm flying down the street and it feels so good with that air in my face. And I get used to that level of comfort. And then my sense that my friend says, why don't you get a, a bike with different speeds? Mm. Oh, but I don't know how to use that. So then there's like, and then everything just becomes another level of exploration mm. and we can yeah. look at it as exploration and know that it's all practice. Yeah. It's all an experiment anyway. Yeah.
0: And we're all just figuring it out (laughs) yes, Yes. one day at a time. And yeah, I, I love how you said that it's just an experiment and we're just trying things out and discovering, um, and seeing what works and what
1: doesn't (laughs) exactly. And the things that don't work, we have the power of choice to stop. Yes. Yeah. And then we get to be in our integrity and say, did I really try Yeah, I stopped. Yeah, really put my heart out there. Did I really put my effort into it? Mm -hmm. You know, someone mentioned to me that they were going to try to have a conversation with someone they hadn't talked to in a long time. And they said, like, how long do I press to see if this person will respond so we can have our conversation and get over whatever was blocking our relationship? you, I could say, yeah, try two times and that'll be enough. But we know if we're done, if we've done our trying, right. We know if we've tried what we need to try until it's like, okay. Okay. I get the message. You don't want to talk to me. I guess this is done. But most of the time we're trying that phone number one or two times. And then if it's not going perfectly, we're out. When trying five, six Seven, eight times might actually get us to the result that we want. Mm.
0: You are listening to A Journey with Vanessa Chu and my interview with transformational hypnotist and money mindset coach Rebecca Wiener McGregor. If this episode has sparked any questions or thoughts you'd like to share, or you have comments about anything you've heard so far, my email address is hello at vanessachiu.com. Now back to the interview. You also talk about suffering as well and why that feels safer to us. Um, And when I reflect on my past, I feel like that statement is pretty true. (laughs) (laughs) Suffering and pain and heartbreak is very familiar to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know what that's going to feel like. Right. And before I started working with many coaches on my journey as an entrepreneur, um, I can honestly say that I had, and I'm still working through it, um, had a fear of success. And I would rather be struggling than be successful. And I fear that things could be really fucking awesome. But I'm scared of that. And um, I'm scared of it being super awesome in my professional and my personal life. Mm -hmm. Um so let's talk about that, why suffering feels (laughs) so safe to us,
1: Rebecca. (laughs) You already, you already answered that question in how it's comfortable because of the how good can I really have it? Mm. How fucking awesome can it really be? What will it, what if I blow my own mind and what if people judge me? What if I judge myself? What if I lose my friends? What if my family thinks I'm wrong for being so happy because I can't justify how happy I'm allowing myself to be in their eyes, right? What if I am abandoned? What if people talk badly about me? Mm -hmm. What if people tell stories about how I achieved my success and my happiness? What if they have so much gunk in their path that they can't possibly imagine how brilliantly happy I am that they start to tell stories about it or they attack me and my character and they hurt my feelings. Like these are legit thoughts that go through people's minds on the path to success. Yep. Is it safe for me? Is it okay for me to be happier than my family? Is it okay for me to be happier than my grandparents were mm. great grandparents is it happy? Is it safe for me? Is it okay for me? Can I give myself permission to be happier than my immediate family, happier than my friends, more successful than them? So then those are heavy, big questions, aren't they? So it was easy to stay say, well, I'll just keep it safe for everybody else. I don't want to hurt anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll suffer. I'll just stay in my little space and I won't play big. And I'll suffer because I'm not achieving any kind of action going toward my dreams. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about um, what, what everybody else is going to say and what they think, like so much of my decisions that I've made in the past were all about or for other people. Mm It's like, Oh, well, I, I got to think about that person's feelings and, my family's feelings and who, whatever the situation was. Right. Yeah. But, and it was never putting myself first and saying, well, wait a minute. Like, what, is that what I want though? Is that what I need?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Probably not. So again, it's like being aware that, that, that of those, the um, thought process that I had before in, in making those, you know, certain decisions or responding or reacting in those ways um, wasn't for me and wasn't beneficial to
1: me in any right. way. Yeah. Often that fear of success comes from taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. Like there is an aspect of fear of success that I won't be able to handle it. And then I'll yeah. fall on my freaking face and everything <laughs> will be, it'll, everything will blow up. Right. Yeah. But there's a very big aspect for many, very loving, giving people. And many people who are in healing and coaching And entrepreneurship, love to find solutions for problems. Mm -hmm. And that means we want people to feel good. And the people we want to feel the best are our family and close loved ones. And so if our actions, if we believe in any way our actions are going to hurt them, make them feel less than perhaps, Mm. make them feel forgotten, moved beyond, et cetera, then it's easier to stay in the suffering with them. And then there's something really magical though, that happens when you take the steps and you allow yourself, I got lots of goosebumps coming here. (laughs) When you allow yourself to take the steps to move forward in your dreams and to allow yourself those levels of happiness and allow them to continue expanding, you break the cycle of unhappiness and unworthiness that's been in your family for generations.
0: Mm-hmm. And the not enoughness and I'm not, and the not, and the a, not, yeah. the not working hard enough and I'm not doing enough.
1: Right. Yeah. All of those things get to be shattered when you yeah. embody your vision for yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Um, yeah. If someone is listening to our conversation right now and they're like, okay, I am stuck in so much fear and anxiety. And I Mm -hmm. um I know for myself that I feel like suffering is a lot safer. What can they do to, you know, step out of their comfort zone a little bit and just and try to move forward and try to be more accepting of where they're at now, but not judging themselves for that. But to again to keep
1: moving forward. Commit. Commit, commit, commit to this decision to be the person that you have envisioned yourself to be and to trust that you get to move forward. So if you are feeling anxiety and you're feeling the fear of the fear, know that it's coming from a a place in your life, probably before you were eight years old, that Mm. there was some moment of trauma. Mm -hmm. And trauma doesn't always blood and guts, and trauma isn't always like sirens or warfare. Sometimes trauma is a moment of shame, a moment of doubt, feeling forgotten, feeling abandoned, um, guilt, feeling like you did something wrong and hurt somebody. Those are traumatic moments. And knowing that you can actually look at that experience in a different way. You can find peace and acceptance and you can do it with forgiveness, forgiving yourself for that moment, forgiving the situation itself and looking at what you have learned from that and noticing how you'll recreate that same trauma in your life over and over and over again to be right and to be safe.
0: Yeah, that's so true. So I um have been reflecting a lot on, you know, just before we we uh, scheduled this time to chat, just thinking about my own fears and anxieties, um, especially in relationships and mm-hmm. dating relationships sure. and. You know, all of the relationships that I, or people who I was involved with or dated in the past, I could see there was a pattern. Like there was mm-hmm. absolutely a pattern. Oh, yeah. Um, I went into those relationships, or whatever you want to call them, knowing that th- it probably wasn't going to be beneficial to me. And there probably was going to be an end just because. We just weren't really a great fit, but I jumped in with both feet anyway. And I felt like I wanted things to work out, but because I felt like the other person kind of knew that there was going to be an end to at some point, that I be I would just stay in it and be committed, but let that person end things so that person would be seen as the bad person. And I oh. would and I would just be like, Well you know, it's, I I did the best that I could do. And it's not my fault kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And there was definitely a pattern of and then I went through like, obviously, suffering from loss and and heartbreak and stuff. But then when I look at it, I was like, God, Vanessa, like, (laughs) 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 come on. (laughs) And that was like, in my 20s, right. And now that I'm in my 30s, and I've gone through, you know, I, I feel like I'm on my own spiritual awakening as well. And and just doing that inner work and looking at my fear and anxieties and, and why I feel more comfortable with suffering. I look at things differently, especially with, with relationships now that I'm in, right. in my thirties. And looking back on all that stuff, it's just like, man, it's <laughs> this is a different brutal. time and a different mindset. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because you were saying too how, the same patterns, right? The same kind of person would always show up in your life. And then you were comfortable being the same person. Yes. 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 It was just easy for you to fall into that same old pattern of how you were not asking for too much, not trickling into being high maintenance. Instead, you were probably no maintenance at all.
0: Yep. And I was giving way more than I got back. Right. And people um, close to me were they were recognizing that. Mm-hmm. And I I knew that in the back of my head, but I thought, well, I'm again, I'm gonna, I'm doing the best I can. I'm gonna give it my all. So I'm gonna be the awesome one if or when that person ends the relationship,
1: right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You could totally be the victim of the whole thing and get all the tears and all the love and boxes of chocolate or whatever, you know, like, oh, see how wrong they were how how could they leave me i did so much for them
0: yeah but now it's looking at it like well i'm taking responsibility yes. for my own actions um yeah i'm not only reframing the situation and how i saw it and my part in in everything that in the, in the heartbreaks that happened but yeah it's 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 taking responsibility like, like adult, like an adult Mm -hmm. (laughs) taking responsibility for what we say and what we do and how we behave, how we act. Yeah. That just made me think of that when we were talking about, about how suffering feels safe.
1: Oh yeah. It's a, it's a perfect example and to be responsible in the ways that you identify that is really being in your integrity. Yes. Did I give my all to this relationship, even though I, I hoped the other person would, or I expected the other person to Mm. Was I honest in this relationship because I didn't push, I didn't ask for what I needed. I just kind of went along with things. That's not really being an integrity, right? That is letting the, letting this, the other person drive Mm
0: -hmm. and putting
1: all the responsibility for the happiness and the health of the relationship on them. Mm -hmm. And I can say that because, uh, I have done a fair amount of work in this area myself feeling unworthy, kind of wanted some way, like my twenties kind of wanted someone to save me and, you know, be the knight in shining armor BS. And then, um, and then in my thirties, I realized that I could really create the life that I wanted on my own. Yeah. And then in my forties, I actually didn't get married until I was 41. Um, my forties was all about realizing that it gets to be easier than I thought. Yeah. I don't have to suffer. Yeah that it can be easy and still sometimes super easy scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Like what (laughs) is wrong with this situation? It's not as hard as I want it to be. Yeah. How come I'm not (laughs) suffering? (laughs) Right. There's that attachment again. Right. And letting it be easy, allowing it to be easy, allowing congruence to be easy, allowing, like when I met my husband, I just, we became friends. And then when we started moving in the dating direction. It just was so easy because Mm. we shared the same values. Mm -hmm. We had the same expectations and we made, you know, agreements about how we wanted our relationship to be, Mm. but I couldn't have done any of that from anxiety. I had to do it from love. Yes. Loving myself, loving him and honoring our relationship.
0: Yeah. When you were saying like, you know, why, why are things so easy now that you've done so much work in, in, in the personal areas? Right. I find that so often we make things a lot more difficult for ourselves than they Mm -hmm. need to be because of that suffering is familiar. Like if we're, if we're not suffering in some way or, um, Having to work really hard for something, whether it's like your career or um, a relationship or whatever, right, or friendships, um, then like you're doing it wrong. Then it's not right. Right? Then it's not like worth it. And it's like, well, no, you you have for some reason we've internalized the oh you have to be suffering in some way. You have to be feeling some sort of pain. Yep. Right. And so we just get used to that, and then we're just living our lives. <laughs> Like suffering the whole time, which is not what I want
1: to be doing. Right. And we're working way harder than we need to in areas that just don't fit. Yes. Like working so hard to make a relationship work where the values are not in alignment. Yes. Working so hard to stay sane at a job where the values are not in alignment with our own. Yeah. Where we don't feel fulfilled. Yes. I'm passionate about this area. So we work so hard to stay in the same place, in the same pain, justifying it.
0: Yeah. And I feel like in that way as well, we forget about our own needs. Yep, just like, well, I, who cares about our, my needs? Like this, this has to work, <laughs> <Right.
1: laughs> whatever I'm
0: in right now. It has to work.
1: It has so, to work.
0: Yeah. And then we feel like, because we are putting in that commitment, like me in my past relationships, I, I was mm-hmm. putting in that commitment. Then it's like, that's all I can do. But it's like, well, right. no, I can choose to get out of that. And yes. I can choose to um, focus on something that'll be uh, more beneficial to me, you know, that yes. that won't tear my mental and emotional health down to the point where I'm just like, <laughs> I can't do anything anymore, right? Right.
1: It's very common and natural in the beginning of this work to have to break through all those patterns of thinking yeah. things have to be hard in order to be successful. Yeah. You know, we hear all the stories about, especially after things like the Olympics, that those, you know, those gold medals are really special because of all the hard work that went into it. Mm. Yeah. There was hard work. There was also consistency. There was also integrity. There was also honoring the process. There was also growth. There was also pain Mm. and it wasn't only about the hard work. It was about becoming the person they had to be to receive a gold medal. Yeah. Right? And obviously there is a fair, there is quite a large amount of diligence that takes takes into consideration to be in the Olympics, right? And to, to reach the Olympics and then to be a medal winner or earner, right? But looking at that in your own life, like how have you decided that this has to be hard in order to be successful? It has to be hard because I need to have a harrowing story of how I got here to justify my success to other people. And okay, I'm going to show this to Vanessa on screen. But so if you're, if you're listening, Vanessa reads the sign, the little post-it.
0: Okay. It says it gets to be easy.
1: Yeah. I've been doing this work for 17 years. I had this post-it taped and retaped to my monitor <laughs> And it's crooked, so it doesn't line up with everything else that I see it, that it gets to be easy because we all deserve this reminder. Mm. And this gets to be a practice. How can I detach from suffering in this moment? How can this be easier than I thought? And it goes back to shifting perspective just slightly. How can this relationship be easier? Why do we keep butting heads? Am I being honest about my needs? Am I giving my partner the space to share their needs? How can this be easier? How can my career feel easier? Am I doing something that I really love? Mm. Am I just trying to get by because I'm afraid I won't make enough money doing something else? How is this relationship not as easy as I want it to? Why is this relationship painful? Why are you staying in it? Are you staying in it for financial security? which is just a myth anyway, you're staying in this abusive relationship, even though you're, because you think your finances will be covered and that feels safer to you. There are so many ways that things can be easier when we're honest about our needs and not just ignoring them. Like you said earlier, Mm -hmm. really tuning into what we really need. What do we really want right now?
0: Because something that I have been constantly telling myself and learning as well in the last year is that ignoring, you know, those emotions or our needs, um, it just makes us more fearful and more anxious. And those things are, those things are going to come up again and again and again, if we don't address them. Right. And it's no matter how insignificant or small or huge something might be is the avoidance and the ignoring that looking away and like, Oh, I don't, I don't go there. I don't, I'm not going to talk about my needs or how I'm really feeling or whatever. It's, it's just going to make us more anxious because we're not taking the steps to deal with it.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's so powerful that when we ignore Fear, for example, mm-hmm. it gets louder and louder and louder. Yes. Yeah. When we ignore our needs, they start getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And Pema Chodron so beautifully says, nothing ever goes away until we've learned what we needed to. I just completely paraphr- paraphrased <laughs> her words, but nothing goes away until it's taught us. And we've actually learned what we need to learn from it. Mm. It'll just keep coming up in different ways, different outfits, different hairdos, different style, different season, but it'll come up until we have really not just think that we know it, but we've actually learned it and incorporated it into our being.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's really good. Um, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you would want you wanted to add?
1: I want people to know that anxiety and rage and these intense feelings that we can't always seem to get a hold of, right? That you can actually heal the experiences, the memories that cause that, that fear, anxiety, rage, guilt, whatever, to be a symptom in your daily life. Mm. Because that anxiety is not the problem. It is a symptom. Of an experience or experiences yep. that are not healed, that you haven't found yes. acceptance or forgiveness, yes, and you can. So, if someone has told you that this is just the way your life is going to be, I'm here to tell you that you get to say that's false. Mm-hmm. That you get to grow and you get to leave. You you get to heal and you get to leave that experience in the past, the pain of it in the past, and take with it all the lessons. Yeah into the future. Yeah. You don't have to drag the pain with you too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to live, keep living with the suffering and the pain that, that, that happened in your past from whatever situation. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Lots of healers, lots of different ways of, to go about it, but there are plenty of beautiful beings on this planet who want to mm-hmm. help you heal. Mm-hmm.
0: Before I let you go. How can people contact you to find out more about what you do and how they can work with you as well?
1: Oh, thank you so much. They can find me at healwithhypnosis.com or rebeccawiener.com. And you can find me. I am Rebecca Sue all over social media and stuff. If you want to connect with me that way. I'd love to talk to anybody who has any questions about what's possible for them mm. based on questions they have about what we've talked about here today. This has yeah. been a fruitful conversation, sister.
0: Yes. I, <laughs> I, I love, I loved every minute of it. It's um, again, it's so, so um, aligned with what I'm doing and, and working through my own life and just discovering so many things and knowing that yeah. I have a choice and how I see situations now and how I respond to them instead of reacting to them. Right. Um. Is there anything you're currently working on right now that you'd like to share?
1: Oh, I am actually, well, this is kind of, kind of close to the cuff, right? Like I usually keep this close to, close to the vest, but I'm working on writing a book.
0: <gasps> That's and exciting. Yes.
1: And it's, it's a love note. It is a love note about um, dealing with your limits and uh, uncovering your limitlessness and the wealthy, abundant part of your life. And so if you could give me some good, warm thoughts for that, I would really appreciate it. Anybody who is just feeling like like they want to share a little love with me on that journey of writing down these things, that would be really wonderful. And um, I do presently have open enrollment in my program on Extraordinary Wealth. So if anybody wanted to reach out with questions on that,
0: I'd love to talk to them and see if they're a good fit. Awesome. Well, I am very much looking forward to your book. Thank um, you. All of Rebecca's contact info is going to be in the show notes. So you can check that out there. Okay. One last question, Rebecca. Yes. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I heard about your Netflix infatuation.
1: <laughs> yes. Just like, just a
0: small one. Um, what are you watching right now? What are you obsessed with?
1: Well, I'm okay, I'm always obsessed with New Girl because it makes me laugh every <laughs> single time. Okay, it's like my office, right? I know how I'm gonna feel. Yeah, and um, I'm also watching Virgin River, which is really, really mm. twisty and turning show as well. Okay, it's, it's there's a sweetness and a little romance. And there's some twists and turns in this community.
0: I'll have to add that to my like 500 plus list.
1: Of <laughs> right, <shows>. totally. <laughs> yeah. And let's bust the myth, you and I, Vanessa, that you can love Netflix and movies and shows and still be wildly successful. <laughs> you don't have to choose one or the other.
0: <laughs> right, they can be, we can have those things at the same time.
1: <laughs> yes, we can, we can.
0: Rebecca, I enjoyed our conversation with you so very much. Thank you for, again, for your time, um, your insight, this amazing chat that we've had um, I, has really, you know, helped me um, open up about things that I never thought I would open up about. And um, I found it so um, useful and knowledgeable and helpful. And and I know other people listening will find so much um, fruit in what we've discussed as
1: well. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate your vulnerability talking about yourself on your podcast. is a really bold thing to do. And I salute you for doing that because I think that's fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. I absolutely loved my chat with Rebecca. I found it so enlightening and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. For Rebecca's info, how to work with her, and her social media handles, check out the show notes. If this episode resonated with you and you're connecting with the topics that we talked about, um, feeling fear, anxiety, and not letting those things stop you, and you maybe feel stuck in your pain and suffering like I was, I have a gift for you. It's a free guide you can download to get you unstuck at StopTheStressNow.com.